When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Namaste, motherfuckers. Welcome to Namaste, motherfuckers, the only podcast where the worlds of work, comedy, and well-being collide. The podcast where the life-changing stuff happens. I'm your host, Callie Beaton, and this episode is called Chatterbollocks, and today's theme is gossip. Before we get started, if you haven't already, please do rate, review, subscribe, and share the show. We've got some incredible guests coming up, including Omid Jalili next week, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Right, back to gossip. On average, a piece of gossip is shared with 2.3 people. A muffin walloper was Victorian slang for a gossip-loving woman who likes nothing more than discussing the latest scandal over tea and cakes. I mean, who doesn't? Mank, M-A-N-K, was 19th century slang for pretending to work, but really just gossiping with your colleagues. And chatterwater is Yorkshire slang for a particularly weak cup of tea. Yeah, it's really high up that stuff. Is that Stephen Grant's gig? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are today's guests, Joe Wilkinson and David Earle. A spermologer is a collector of gossip. Twittle twattle was an 18th century word meaning idle or vile chatter. And in the 19th century, conjobbling was to get together to eat and gossip. Conjobbling. And my favourite of all is the verb vich, which is of Scots origin, and it means to visit one's friends, to exchange news and gossip. Right, I'm off next door for a good old vich. Are Are you guys recording your end as well, just in case? Yeah. Amazing, We've got an automated thing now, we, David. Joe Wilkinson and David Earle are comedians, writers and actors, each highly successful in their own rights. In Joe's case, for numerous TV panel shows, including 8 Out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, Have I Got News For You and Nevermind The Buzzcocks, and the brilliant role of Dan Perkins in BBC sitcom Him and Her. And in David's case, various projects associated with Ricky Gervais, most notably as Kev Twine in Derek, and with later roles in Extras and Afterlife, and for his iconic character Brian Gittins in Cemetery Junction, and Sundance 22 winner and BAFTA-nominated Brian and Charles. Together, Joe and David co-wrote and starred in the Sky One series Rovers, and they both appeared in Ricky Gervais's Afterlife, Joe as Postman Pat and David as social outcast Brian. They went on to write and star in the sitcom The Cockfields and have launched three podcasts together, Gossip Mongers, My New Football Club and my absolute favourite, Chatterbix. Joe, David and I talked about starting out, auditions, Ricky Gervais, Zoos, Devon, BAFTAs, Judy Garland, Liza Minnelli, Forty Wi-Fi, Squeaky Chairs, Taking Risks, Turning 50, Marathon Running, Jokes and Valentine's Day. But I started by asking if either of them had ever been attacked on stage. I've been attacked uh, coming off stage. That's a new one on me. So what right, people as I going walked on, off. Really, so by, by audience members, not other comics. Uh, bookers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reviewers. Review. <laughs> yeah. But mine wasn't too bad. He's just sort of grabbing at me and I, I sort of didn't realise it was... Well, I didn't take any notice of it and then someone was like, are you all right? Are you all right? I was like, why? What are you on about? And that, that guy just tried it and I was like, oh. Where was that? Um, up the creek. Gets a bit rowdy up the creek, doesn't it? Oh, do you never, yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, I'm not to be, but I was like, I, I, I just thought I'm not built for this Saturday night thing. Although you're tall, and that helps in the case of an attack. There's physical heft. I've got, no, it doesn't. No? No. 
I just I just curl up in a ball, I think. Yeah. I don't fight back. What happened to you, David? When have you been attacked? Um, when I say attacked, I've had stuff thrown at me on stage and um had that it was, it was all the Reading Festival and someone walked across everyone to get to me and the bouncers <laughs> had to stop him. But the worst time was I did a gig in Lewis and someone was waiting for me and he was really pissed off with my act. And it was you outside the gig. Waiting for me by the stage. I was chatting to some people some, and he came along and he was so pissed off with my act. And it actually felt like, oh, this is going to turn. So I had to run out and yeah, with my big sort of <laughs> white with, bag with pink roses on it. Yeah, and, With and, all my and, props. With your rubber willy sticking out the top of it. <laughs> That's fight or flight or freeze. So you freeze, Joe, and you and you flight with bag, David. Those are the approaches. To... Yeah. 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 I do freeze actually, because a few times I've had altercations. I I've sort of gone, what? What? because I've got a mate of mine who I think I've told you this, David. I Warren, my friend Warren, I was walking I saw him walking up the road and I hit him. He rabbits on. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Lovely bit of business. That took and we're 10 done. seconds to come up with that. <laughs> yeah, and I was impressed. <laughs> well done, Dave. Um, I hid in a doorway. Oh, my God. friend, my friend Bleep. I can't say his name. Again, because, um, he, uh, I sort of jumped out at him to frighten him, and you really see how people deal with that. He swung a punch at me in in that split second. He went because I jumped out because he thought he was being attacked by a random stranger. Yeah, and I just like bloody hell, Warren. Is that your instinct? He went, well, it turns out it is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to know, though, isn't it? It's good to learn things about your friends. Yeah, it just went went to batter me, whereas I would have like wouldn't have done that. I know that. Mm. I think by way of a um, those kind of physical like pranks, pra I feel like that's. I don't know if you'd get. Do you think you'd get like middle aged women like me like jumping out on a friend as a prank? No, do you the, think it's a no. blokey thing. I don't know. I don't want to be too. I was in my twenties. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not judging you. I'm just I'll, wondering I'll, if it's a. If it's yeah, a, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm judging you. No, no. I'm just because I always think. <laughs> no, yeah, fair. We can fair. say, Joe. Yeah. No, I think it's fair to judge. I wasn't me slamming that. the whole of men. Just it was very innocent at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel this is. Good I always either. do pranks on women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, men doing pranks on women's perfect. Yeah, always, always great fun. On the front page of Chawful, <laughs> David pranks another woman. Yes, another woman. <laughs> Do you, um, I, obviously Ricky Gervais has been a long-term fan of yours and you one hears tell of the pranks that he likes to play and some of them sound, I just think, oh, I'd feel really upset if that was anything like that was ever happening to me. Have you, have you been at the, it's unlikely it will, but have you ever, I'm guessing you've been at the receiving end or the collaborative end of the Gervais <laughs> prank humour. I think he was just, um, uh, where was he? He was probably early 50s. So maybe he was, I get the feeling he was a little, just more tired as a human being. So maybe. Yeah, I've not experienced pranks. He has got me in a headlock when we were doing a scene in Derek and sort of, wouldn't let go. <laughs> was that what you? Was it yeah. part of the scene, or did you? It was just part start... of the scene oh, where okay. we were. He sort. It's very good with his sort of judo or taekwondo. <laughs> or whatever. Is he Which quite strong? Surprises me. <laughs> Is he strong? Because he's 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 thick. He knows his he knows his moves. Does he? Like, like pulling an arm up there and and like yeah. And basically, oh, if I twist slightly to the left, I'll put your arm out of your socket. Oh, right. So he's got form. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, he only did it once. I think he saw that I <laughs> gave up. Probably just lay there like an eel. Uh... Like an eel. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, Bobby Ball um, used to do that to me, didn't he? Used yeah. We've never had a Bobby Ball anecdote on this podcast. So please continue. Oh, we got loads. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow, you get ready. Now, he, used ready. To, he used to beat me up between scenes. Um, I sort of let him beat me up, but I thought if I went for it, I still think he would have been able to beat me up. But he was strong, little, little locks, and he used to twist my arm into different, um, and I, and I couldn't get out. I didn't try that hard to get out because I was enjoying being beaten up, beaten up by Bobby. Ball. Is that a man telling another man I like you? Yeah, hundred percent. And I told him back. <laughs> 
that I liked him back by letting yeah. him. Yeah. That was our communication. <laughs> it's really pathetic that I <laughs> we should have just said, Do you know what? It's absolutely lovely to meet you. I'm a big fan. <laughs> but instead yeah. I just let him pound me. Oh no. Yeah. Beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> how did you get onto um how did you get onto Ricky Gervais's kind of radar then? Is that where, yeah, was that was that with your character stuff, David? Yeah, um, I made a video. I made a video. Does that make any sense now? I made yeah. a short film. Um, video is good. Made yeah, a video. I made a short good. film yeah. of a character I had, and I sent it to someone who I was in touch with on the internet, who I didn't really know, but he had a funny comedy website, and that he that was Jim Field Smith, is a director now, and he said, "I'll oh, send it to my agent." I sent the film to his agent and Ricky and Stephen were in the office when it arrived apparently and they watched it and they got in touch with me that day and I was driving a truck for a living thinking I just remember thinking oh everything's going to change overnight and um, here we are I like the way Joe just sat back for that he's like I've heard this <laughs> I know no, I was I'm... trying to get through to it getting, trying no, to get through I, that to wasn't end. what I was doing I was in, I was just having <laughs> That's a actually nice... a good anecdote but I feel no, pressured into no 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 it. no my cut my look at my my, my chair's really comfy it looks the room you're in looks he really went, comfy as well <laughs> no it wasn't it was meant to be the opposite going ah oh, let's enjoy this rather than uh uh, no, yeah. oh, it was no, just. You didn't look bored. You yeah. looked, yeah, you looked, but you will have heard this story before. Um, I'm um, guessing not enough to dread it. No. Weird though, is it? I mean, they were massive at the time, and just by pure luck, oh, mental, ended up, yeah, on their agent's desk. Yeah, I hadn't done anything before then. And it did change everything in a way, didn't it? I mean, you didn't get straight it, it, out of the not the cockpit. What's it called in a truck? The um, not the cockpit. No, it is the cockpit. Is it the cockpit? <laughs> it's the cockpit. Yeah, you're spot no, on. It's the cockpit. <laughs> Excellent. Um, didn't change anything. Oh, yeah, it changed a lot in that he. I always had him in my head backing me. So, um, yeah, I guess I started stand. I got his his agent off the back of it. He told me to start stand up, and then when I was failing, I always had Ricky's voice saying, "No, go on, son, keep going, son." <laughs> yeah, so it did help. You seem like a reluctant stand-up in a way, David. Like I don't know if that's the right way to describe it. When I hear you talking about stand-up, it's like I don't know. Yeah. Do you see yourself as a as an actor? I mean, more than a stand-up. I'm not a stand-up. I've done it for five years or four years. But you have done a lot of it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this. <laughs> all right no i haven't done although i never thought i did it as much as other people in the circuit because no one would book me so if i did two gigs a week i was worked off my feet so i might do a gig every couple of weeks but yeah i did do it for 10 years or so yeah yeah and did it because it's still i guess it's the opposite for you joe going from stand-up into acting and then that shift into like actually having to audition and stuff or how, how do you view yourself in terms of starting out i've heard you say you started out late but actually you were 30 weren't you when you started out in stand-up yeah about say you were about 30 weren't you david as well um yeah um yeah and then i did i did um the thing that was diff i did which was so what helped me was I did I started doing sketch stuff with Diane, and so that that was sort Diane of Morgan. I'm sure Diane anyone Morgan. listening knows that. Yeah, um, Diane Morgan. Yeah, and so I like kind of learned. I did so that was a bit different. So that was I was it wasn't just sort of stand up. So that was sort of like learning to write that sort of stuff and do that sort of stuff. So yeah, then the, and then that um, sort of progressed into. Um, I got him and her because of Edinburgh, basically. Did you have to audition was... though? Still, even though that you were on the radar from Edinburgh, did you still yeah. have to do the horrific? Yeah, audition I, I, I auditioned for him and her, but um, unknown to me, the part was written with me in mind, which was amazing. But also would have really done my head in knowing. I would have definitely have paused it up because you start thinking, well, what have they seen that they want me to do or whatever. Um, but then, yeah, and then, and then, um, yeah, then I didn't really do audition much after after that because I, I hate it so much. 
Audition is like the worst thing in the world. It's proper human. It's like a sort of stress dream, but in real life, isn't yeah. it? If you and described it to someone who wasn't an actor, they go, "What? That sounds awful." Did you wake up? Whenever I talk to actors, I just ask them. I within like an hour, I ask them about auditions. I can't. I can't. It's like a war story. I want to get, and I get. I'm fascinated when they can deal with them, because a lot of them sort of go, "Oh, it's, you know, I quite enjoy them," or I can't get my head around it. I had, um, at least you got the part that was written for you. There was a part written for me, a small part in an Irish sitcom. And I was called and said, it's literally written for you. It's about a TV executive. They've got like a ginger bob. They're starting out in stand up. It's basically you. Will you just do a self tape? And I didn't get the part. <laughs> so that's. So when you said yeah. ginger bob, I was the sentence behind you. You meant hair. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not my mate, ginger bob. Well, <laughs> that's where I went in my head. We've got a ginger bob. I was like, oh, who she's playing in. With. Every sitcom's got one. <laughs> Every sitcom. Neighbour next one. door, Ginger Bob. Yeah, yeah. I've got that one. But I didn't get the one that was actually written for me. What was the sitcom? Did it come out? It did come out. It was um Baz Ashmary. I can't remember what the name of the sitcom was. You know, Baz. He did um whatever it was on Sky, like Fifty Ways to Kill Your Mother or something. He's very big over there, and he wrote this thing for me, which would have been a tiny thing. And um I did say I can't act, and he was like, "That'd no, be fine. It's tiny." And then I. I was so shit. I hate things like that where you tell them, you know, they go, oh, no, I can't really do a German accent. Oh, no, it doesn't have to be that German. Yeah, and then they and reject you. And then you go, you you go yeah. well, I fucking told you yeah. I can't do a fucking German accent, you <laughs> bastards. Now I'm just mm. humiliated. I could have not got that job without humiliating myself. I know, I know. And the worst thing was they sent me the casting person sent a thing saying, oh, it was such a good self-take before they told me no. And I knew it was shit. And I was like, as soon as you're saying that, I know we're fucked because it was shit. And if you're pretending it was all right. What, did they, well, they they sent you a message out of the blue going, it's really good. And you go, why are you sending me? If it's just good, you just send it on. Do you mean? You exactly. Yeah, I got a message. Overcompensating. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. It was like, it was like, so, oh, yeah, God, exactly. Oh, God, how many now I'm going? Yeah, it was like that. a horrible, <laughs> yeah, it was a horrible thing. So, um. Oh. Yeah, it was like sort of starting a sentence, no offence, but, and you're like, okay, where's the kicker coming? Mm. So, yeah, it was, and that felt just patronised. It's like I was bad and I was patronised. Did you watch it to see play. the lady playing you? No, oh, no. Yeah, because that's probably... That's like self-harm, weird. isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if I would. No. I don't no. know if you can. It, I just want to know if they had a ginger bob in it. <laughs> okay. but, Let me... imagine, imagine they sort of <laughs> made the look. You're sat. Wearing what the lady on the screen's wearing. <laughs> what? You know, that's, that's literally me. <laughs> There's got to be some copyright then, hasn't it? It's literally me, if it's me. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Because I've heard a couple of interviews with you. And this, I'm, I, I, um, I wanted to ask about, there was something you said in one of them about being in business. You were like in business. I saw you cringe when I said the Chatterbix brand. I think you thought we were about to do a sort of... Um, oh, yeah, did I? Oh, sponsored God. by no. KPMG kind of a thing. I, th- I think... I think more, No, I think what it is, is I think me and David sort of go, oh, God, what I started thinking, what do people think is our brand? And that makes me feel sick, I think. You know, yeah. like people go, if they describe it. But um, If you were thinking that, I think you'd be shit together, wouldn't you? If you were going in going, what's the, what are we trying to do here today? It doesn't, so that's not how it comes across. Um, we have our a, weekly brand meeting. It doesn't feel like a cohesive mm-hmm. brand has been structured with the help of an agency. <laughs> no offence. No, is that a compliment? <laughs> that's a huge compliment. It is. is it? I was trying to explain Chatterbix on, um, I did, a, I recommended it on Joe Wiley. You're welcome. And, um, oh, and I was trying okay. to explain to anyone who hadn't, and uh, you have a producer sort of pre-call, and I was trying to explain the producer hadn't heard Joe Wiley did did know it, but the producer didn't. And then they wrote this very dry description of Chatterbix that was really funny. And it said things like sporadic but frequent release. Sometimes talk about um, snooker and canal boats. It was sort of like oh. took a few bits <laughs> out. Obviously, that's not how I talked Spor- about sporadic it. release. We are bang on. The yeah. same time every week, it goes out at four in the morning. Tuesday, All right, Wednesday. okay. <laughs> so the other stuff but that's got you your da- back up. Don't yeah. you dare have a pop at our regularity. <laughs> well, the good news is obviously the producer wasn't the one who talked about it on air. But it's funny how people can suck. Joe Wiley knows. Joe Wiley knows about us though yes she no. does, she does. well she... i talked to her about it. maybe she only knows because i was gonna do it right to okay yeah, she was nodding along she hasn't got a clue 
<laughs> no, she's good. She, she, she can make you think she, she knows. She could do a yeah. review of a TV show. make you feel a million dollars, though. <laughs> Ms. Wiley. Well, she seemed excited at the time. Um, oh. but the producer seemed not to understand as much what the kind of, um, yeah. yeah was... How to suck the joy out of it. We're also trying to describe, trying to yeah, over-describe what we do. something. <laughs> <laughs> trying to That's put... our job. <laughs> but trying to put a form on something that hasn't got a form is the sad thing to try and do like to try and sort of give, give it whatever they thought um yeah. should be that the whole point was it came under classic bingeable podcast that was the category under which you were you were classic picked. bingeable pod- yeah. well there's loads of them yeah i know but you, like I think it's of well i tell you why i picked it because i sometimes find um two blokes wanking on about stuff not what i want to listen to for why pleasure. why it's can, it's can i ask what no, no, cause genuinely because you're, you're, you're in I the majority <laughs> i think blokes are super <laughs> so what i'm not sure about them there's some fucking terrible ones. what don't you like because then we can sort of <laughs> take but a little sometimes bit. i do think yeah, how do we more, change and we when will. there's more blokes getting kind of rewarded for doing that i'm not always a fan but i do really love listening to yours and i don't know what it is but I and I can't even remember I heard you talking on something else about it and I didn't know I only got into Chatterbix about a year ago and mm. I was like oh, that sounds all right and then only I just a year ago yeah <laughs> a year ago. I know it's been going a bit longer <laughs> but I um but the because it's bingeable I've obviously caught up like a good Netflix box set mm. but it's um but yeah it is I do I just I just like I just like the two I like Sean Walsh and Paul McCaffrey on what's upset you now as well I think that you're you're the sort right. of between you the four blokes I'll happily have in the kitchen I wonder why that is I wonder why I'm loving that you would let us in your kitchen. We're vulnerable. Kooky. It's because you're not, I think you're not trying to be alpha. I like the fact that right. when you did the, um, when you went and did off menu and you were on it, Joe, and you you were listening to, you were getting to, there was a Brighton Dome, I think you were doing it. Oh, so you, yeah. you were doing lives of you walk into it, David taking the piss, you you sort of saying, oh, our tactics yeah. would never do this. I just thought that <laughs> summed up why I like it, because I thought I like the fact you're kind of, you might not think you're playing the underdogs, but you're not, un, you're not underdogs in terms of everything you do and what you're known for. But I like No, we're two of the greats. We're two of the greatest, <laughs> but you pretend you don't I can't think, think anyone better is what you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you play the underdog Top part the very well. <laughs> the guileless yeah, yeah. idiots, you play it well. Um, right. So, no, so I really like, so I think that probably sums up why I like it. So I probably wouldn't listen to off menu but i would listen to you guys we're relatable and you can connect with us <laughs> and we're lovely and it's great to spend time with us but it's nice not thinking why are you we don't... not bigger <laughs> good little question that right but it's why nice... are we not massive you're quite massive though compared to you, you see you you're comparing your we all compare ourselves to whoever's mm. selling out stages yeah, off so menu we... um, parenting <laughs> yeah, exactly. not on this pod don't drag it onto this pod <laughs> don't mention well them. we're here now <laughs> How do we get as big as those things? But compared to most people, compared to like Namaste motherfuckers would like to be Chatterbix. So we're all looking up oh, the ladder at the next greats. So oh, you're okay. thinking how shit is Namaste motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're all looking at people. So most people be looking yeah. at you between you at what you've done. You also do a lot in the Good. podcasting world. Good, keep you. looking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but don't touch. Do not touch. Unless you're Bobby Ball, in which case. Yes. Yeah. Rest the hell out of me. Game on. Yeah. Um, so yes, anyway, I, di- I diverted from your question, Joe. You were saying something about business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was really interested because um, it was quite, yeah, you, you were you were big in business was what was said, but I didn't, I wanted to know what you did. Well, I wasn't really, I wasn't like interest- Karen Brady or Alan Sugar. Um, I was more, so I worked in telly, but I worked on the kind of exec side in, in telly. So I sat on the board of I basically ran a production company when I was quite young that got bought by ITV oh wow and so I went from doing you ran it was it yours well it wasn't no I didn't found it but I ended up running it yes so I ended up um, it wasn't founded by me then I ended up running it and then we had a couple of um shows that did quite well around the world and then we got bought by ITV what shows um they weren't shows that, that you would they were sort of um without wanting to get into any legal hot water they like we would see a show like millionaire like who wants to be a millionaire and then we would do something quite similar but not the same but get it out around the world quite quickly <laughs> and then that would become really pirates. Big... <laughs> yeah we stole good ideas and <laughs> lined our own nests 
and we get, I'm still could, slept Would you like to night. join us? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we it wasn't quite as um, as cynical right. as that sounds, but we so we but it was shiny floor game shows that we we used to do things like oh, catchphrase. It wasn't sort of like oh, a kind of like yeah. yeah, I mean the classic love catchphrase. Yeah, so we were all in that sort of world just when formats were getting big in the early um, in the early two thousands. And I'd gone from working at MTV to doing that. And it felt quite sort of creative. And I still was sort of feeling like I was working with people I liked. And we were actually doing stuff that we thought of ideas and they got on screen. And it felt like quite a nice cool. creative job. Yeah. And then we got bought by ITV. And then everything changed to sitting in boardrooms. And it was nothing to do. Basically, I thought I was going mental within about a year. I was young. I was I, David Cameron at the time was on the board of Carlton Television. And I okay. went from sort of having been at MTV, running this little company that was fun and sort of, and then suddenly in boardrooms. And then I sort of just unwittingly ended up doing those kind of jobs, but not, I didn't stay at ITV very long. It was very um, kind of white, Etonian sort of um, vibe. Uh, so I, and I ended up mainly working. So I worked for Viacom, who obviously owned Comedy Central, Paramount, Nickelodeon, MTV. So I did. So I actually did the job. I really liked what I did once I got out of ITV again. And that's how I got into comedy was um, was. So I worked for Comedy Central in the States, but was based here. So I worked on things like The Daily Show and The Colbert Report and, and some and, and things like Broad City. And so I was working on these amazing shows that were just a complete joy to be in the orbit of. And that. So, so comedy sort of sunk in um, through there. So I wouldn't say a business person in terms of, you know, I'm not going to invest in any of your favourite football clubs, not that sort no, of a okay. person. Yeah, right, does that right. answer the question? Oh, yeah, no, it was just really, because I think I, because um, it's just not a world I really understood. You know, do you know what I mean? I, I think I think you sort of, not skimmed over it, that sounds, but it was like a brief thing that you mentioned. I was like, oh, cool, because it's just a different... It's a very different to what you do now. And and I like the fact that you now, is this fair to say you're not trying to, <laughs> you've got no intention of going back because you're quite Never open. Never would about, go back. I get, you're quite I open do. about sort of slagging them, not slagging them off, but sort of saying. No, I will slag them off. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I will. And, yeah. um, and I, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look. Can we do a bit of that? Can <laughs> we do, do 10 minutes on names? that? If we, if we get a list of <laughs> companies up, you can say yay or nay. Well, it is, well, yeah, it is. Um, it, I think... I think what I will say is having done it for a long time, I got so bloody unhappy and people go, God, it's really amazing. And sort of like midlife reinvention. And just when women are meant to get invisible, you've got really visible and, woo, you know, but it was just necessity. I basically had to complete. Oh, starting stand-up, you mean? Yeah, starting stand-up. Yeah, yeah, I started yeah, yeah. that when I was 45 because of wow. a couple of conversations. Wow. Yeah, because of a couple of conversations with people who I knew through Comedy Central, like talent, not as in on-screen, not off-screen. People I would listen to, not the people off-screen. And, um, and then I got into it and basically it happened to all work out okay I left a couple of years later and and I make a lot of my living out of sort of hosting awards and doing kind of after dinner speeches sort of the combination really? of what I used to do and what I do so it's worked out all right but honestly mm. it was because I went mental I couldn't at the combination of being um perimenopausal and hating my job and feeling more and more disconnected from what I was doing and mm. sitting there for the money I just I was felt gonna like, say is that, yeah. was that was that a bit tricky though going oh I've got to give up I'm sure that you were well paid. And you yeah, it's like, well paid. I mean, it, it's like, um, it's, it's a bit like sort of, you know, so my diamond shoes are too tight. I had all these share options and all this money and it was like, how am I ever going to leave? Um, so it sounds very spoiled, but it is a bit of a weird, I'm a sing, I was a single mum or most of my kids' lives. My kids are in their twenties now. One of them lives in Devon, David, just to oh, bring you back in you? for a minute. Uh, well, my you? oldest child is 27. No, how old are you? <laughs> 83. You don't, look, you, don't, you don't look like you could have. I'm, hey, I'm not. I'm just saying. You're this is a be, massive compliment. Is this yeah. a huge compliment I'm throwing you? You're about to be 50, aren't you, David? So probably preoccupied yeah. with age. Yeah. How yeah. old are you? I'm about to be 55. Wow. No. Mm. You don't... That's because I was well, sitting it when you, you were getting look it. <laughs> when you were getting things thrown at you on stage. I was sitting in boardrooms drinking chamomile tea. Wow! So, yeah. Um, congrats. Wow. So one of my kids. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's like Are doing we, an American we gig. Well, get... <laughs> David good at compliments. Quick question: Is David good at compliments? Yes or no? 
Yeah, the clapping wasn't needed. Yeah, he's slow clapping. It was weird. But I liked the content. I didn't like the delivery. No, no. But it can no. be can do better. Yeah, no, I liked the compliment. Namaste, motherfuckers. Namaste, motherfuckers. Yeah, my son works down at Paynton Zoo. He's a primate no. keeper at Paynton Zoo. Yeah, my oh. son is. Yeah, he's an autistic primate keeper. So he, does he live in Paynton? No, he lives. He was living in Exeter, um, yeah. and he because some of his mates studied at Exeter Uni, um, and then he and then he couldn't. The, literally, the kind of cost of living and the petrol going up and everything else tipped him because it's really badly paid zookeeping. It tipped him from being able to afford the petrol down to Paynton and not, so he had to get a flat in Torquay instead. So he's okay. a he's a single man living in Torquay in a very sort of forty towers style building, but he likes it. Um, yeah, he likes living there. It's kind of not your typical. 27-year-old young man. And he gets to say he's a zookeeper. He's a zookeeper and he... That's great. And he, yeah, I think that's a good... I think it's a good conversation. So I dine out oh, on amazing. it a lot as well because I put the bloody hours in raising an autistic child. So now I yeah. feel I am allowed. <laughs> yeah. Do, that's do a good zoo as well. If, it's a great if zoo. If you like your zoos, that's a good... Yeah. yeah. I've best... not heard of Payton Zoo, if yeah. I'm honest. Where have you been? Yeah, where have you been? <laughs> I've it's a good zoo. Yeah, there's some zoos that are very not at all ethical and should really be shut down. I, I went I, I went to London Zoo when it wasn't as its best as a youngster. Yeah, it's not bad. Right, what now. did you see? Yeah, what did uh, you see? Uh, a polar bear doing that. That's a really bad sign in a polar bear. And, uh, You're moving your head left sign. to right for people yeah. on audio only. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um it was um and um my, I think my nan because my nan lived by London Zoo, and she took us, and I think my mum was a bit cross because my mum didn't didn't like the thought that we'd gone to London Zoo. Supported oh, I thought your London nan had to take you out because your mum was so cross. Yeah, she was cross that we were supporting a London Zoo when it wasn't good. Anyway, I'm boring myself. Quite a few of my sons, I live near London Zoo, and quite a few of my mates, my son's mates work at London Zoo. And it's really handy for me because if I need someone to look after the dog or the cat or their house, if I go away, they want to stay here because none of them live as near to the zoo. Most of them live out in Reading or wherever, and they can stay here and they like being near the zoo. And I like having someone do, to look after. Do you after live near the zoo now? Well, I live in Camden, do... so not far. Oh, from okay. Zoo. Yeah. Because yeah. my, my net, well, uh, my nan lived on um, Fellows Road. Got a, got a lot oh, of I know Fellows Road. <laughs> Fellows yeah, Road's lovely. a lot pushed. Was she in the kind of modern like flats or was she in one she of the houses? She was in the council block at the end. That yeah, the, they're um, nice, those. Yeah, the, the, the archway ones. They were, yeah. well, they're, they're all filled. The, they used to be all open. You could walk through them without, but they're all gated now. So, yeah. Now that whole area has been sort of taken over by the sort of Jude Law, Sadie Frost Brigade and, mm. and Oasis used to live there, didn't they? Met her recently. Yeah. Sadie Frost. Mm. How did you meet her? An awards do. <clears throat> what was the awards? Just a fair, just film awards. <laughs> Cocktail drinkies. What were you doing? And did you it? pod from it, David? No. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes, I might. Yeah, I no. was there as well yeah. on the cam on the phone. No, it, that was the one where you. It was the Baftas, wasn't it? Where you? No, it's you... another one I met. Oh, it's another. Oh, oh okay, yeah. I wasn't there. Sorry, Let's I just... the Baftas. Have you just picked up a Bafta that? <laughs> I lost. The so my sister made me this. It's weird. It's this just is sister. a sort of. Um, how would you, you expect... describe it for anyone listening? It's better than kitchen the real foil. Thing. My sister made out of cardboard and kitchen foil because we lost. We did a little ceremony, ceremony or a world, yeah, award ceremony here mm. in the living room. That's brilliant. That and she's nice. the, the mad thing is she's an excellent artist, and it doesn't come across in her um, BAFTA award. <laughs> is that fair? And I, and I know David. I, know. I thought that had me. a bit of the sort of early Matisse line drawing about it. Mm. But she is a good artist, believe it or not. I, no, I do I, believe it. I got a. I was told a fact that's got nothing to do with anything. But I was, it was just when you were talking about those flats, did you know that Judy Garland died in a flat oh, no, in Brighton? Not. I mean, the, the, my fact hasn't got anything to do with anything. Can I hear I it though? Judy Garland. No, it's a really good fact. Say it again. Died Judy... in a like a two bed flat in Brighton. Oh no! Yeah. Do you know where? Uh, I can find out. I wonder if it's got. A, it wouldn't have a blue plaque where someone 
No, she hasn't got Is a blue plaque. And so the Wizard of Oz lady, honestly, you look at the photo of the flat that she died in. Uh, I don't know why I've told you this. And I'm that's sorry good. for this. We're here for this. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, see, this is what it, I mean. It, it was an odd time to bring it up. It's because you were talking about council flats. When's and, the I don't right know. time? To oh bring yeah, it got up. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. no right yeah, time yeah. for that or wrong time. No. Is um, no. but that's that's a lesson when we're thinking about you guys looking at the heady heights of parenting hell and off menu. Yeah. Imagine you can be at the yeah. absolute top of your game and still die in a flat in Brighton. There's that's no true. way. So Rob ever. Beckett might, yeah, die. No, in there's no again. way. There's no way there. It might be a full house in Brighton. It'll never be a flat. Well, and have anyway, a, and have a south-facing garden as well. I did see. Trust um, me. I saw Liza Minnelli um, live in Las Vegas. Obviously, it's connected to Judy Garland, yeah. and uh, and she was so unable to sort of move about. She was trying to sort of slink about, but she was in sort of massive support underwear and i think she had bad back or hips or something had gone how did you know she was in support of underwear you could just see it it was like she was very sort of trussed up it sort of has a what does that mean support underwear? like a sort of um, very sturdy big pants so like um yeah i've tried stand well no they just no people wear them to sort of iron out the kind of curves make them look like they've got um that slimmer figure oh, than they I have. See. Yeah, actually, I see. They mean, actually yeah. just make you look like a portly man down the pub because they push everything <laughs> in. I've worn them and they do not What's wrong with being a portly man suddenly? <laughs> it's just why would whoa, we... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Standing up for our brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so she had the portly man down the pub knickers and then she sort of uh, had to... Lie, and then she lay on the piano for about an hour and a half singing because I think she had to lie down, <laughs> but they had to make it look, fold it into the show. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> why don't you lie down on the piano? What? For the whole thing. Well, anyway, her mum died terribly. <laughs> yeah. David's yeah. got a list of where and when people died. It's an unhappy. That's funny. This wasn't on the on the few sort of things I thought I might talk to you about. No. It's, 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 I was going. Yeah, I'm suddenly. If we, yeah, I'm just aware of you. Probably. This is. We've. I don't know. No, it's very. Ram- this is. Wow, always, you've this, killed the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Told you I could. Did you think this would be no? We're we're not a very sort of beginning, middle, and end podcast at the best of times, but um, I wasn't. That's what I was going to ask. No, 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 we're not. We're not. I do have three questions. I will ask you both. Um, But beyond that, that's what I I was going to ask. We do have those, but they don't take the whole. Yeah, they don't have to take the whole podcast. Um, But I was going to. One of the things um, that I did that I do really notice, having come from the commissioning and the execing side through to the other side is when, when comics say how little people commissioning shows often know, I can vouch for the fact that is true. And you often have people getting very involved creatively who you get some people who are brilliant and you get some people who meddle and should not. But one thing I do really notice, I was talking to Charlie Higson, um, had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking oh, about the fast wow. show and, and how that wouldn't probably have ever got as far as it did now where there's no patience for something needing to bed in. And it obviously far show took some time. It took John Peel getting behind it. It's Genesis wasn't as smooth and all the good stuff from back in the day, you know, um, from sort of 40 towers on in, it took a bit of time either to be repeated or needed more episodes. And now no one's willing to sort of do that. There's no patience for something needing to build which I think, I don't know what you guys think, but it sort of stops, it stops a lot of things that might be the best things we've ever seen ever happening. But I don't know what, I don't know if mm. you, if you, because you've obviously written stuff, you've, you've, you've written um, Rovers, you've, you know, you've written the Cockfields, you've done stuff together and you've obviously been in a lot of stuff. Mm. But I just wondered how, if, if that's something, what your views are on that. Um, well, uh, well, we talk about stuff like that. I think, well, I always think of Only Fools and Horses nearly getting cancelled. Yeah. And the thing someone told me, this is all second ever, but like, like pilots used to be for you to be able to like, so they sort of commission you, but you make a pilot and then you learn from the mistakes of the pilot. Whereas now it's like you get commissioned off the back of whether they like the pilot. But it used to be like, oh, that didn't work, did it? But we've still got faith in you. You know what I mean? Like maybe we need to have it a bit more like this or whatever. And it was like a learning thing. So the pilot was to not, not get commissioned or get commissioned. You were commissioned and you'd go, Oh, great. That that's all working. Brilliant. But maybe we'll train that. But now it's like, nah, it didn't really work. So, so I think that's a major challenge. Yeah. And also you got to be familiar with the characters. So that might take season, a series or two. Sorry. So that you cut out though. Sorry. No, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> my internet's taken a it real. It sounds like a power play every time you speak. <laughs> Isn't it? But by my internet. Point across. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked out how to shut him down. <laughs> I, I did miss it. Sorry, though. Really, genuinely, I miss what you said. Can we Dave then? No, never. Sorry, I've never called you Dave. <laughs> I find it odd when other people do. I can't handle it. Sorry, Dave. Um, Sorry, Davey. Davey boy. I was just saying it takes like a series or two to get used to the characters. Yeah, completely. To being familiar with them. So you know how they're going to behave before they've even entered the scene. Mm. Mm. And in the first, you know, few apps, you're like, who are these people? Yeah. So, you know, I think for comedy anyway, you want to do, but then I'm not a commissioner. I've got to pay my mortgage, so. You know. Yeah, everyone's trying to hang on to their jobs. I've realised yeah. at some point, like you know, where they're like, no one's taking any risks. So I go, well, what about if you got paid two and a half grand a month on your mortgage as a commissioner? And you go, what about these two writers that have done nothing? Shall I risk my job on them? You know, like just to be a bit fair, but you know, what I mean, I get it. Is what I'm saying. Everyone's sort of. I realise that no one knows what they're doing, and everyone's going, oh fucking hell! I'll just, I think I'll commission. That person who had a hit last year. I think it's what I'd do. Because I'd worry it, about... Because when I did stand-up, I, I obviously played like a, I don't know, an extreme character, which would half the time do all right, and the other time just kill the room negatively. And then when me and my wife started running gigs, oh, yeah, yeah. I was Mr. Vanilla when it came to booking. <laughs> I didn't oh, want anyone... Yeah, yeah, I didn't want anyone... Green yeah. in the night. Yeah, why don't they take risks? I know like, now. Yeah, why I don't, what, yeah. I imagine booking me and waiting for me to come out on stage doing my, because it would have pissed off half the crowd, and so I we were so safe with our booking. Yeah. How did you do? You get sick of people calling you Brian. By the way, does that does that still happen? Didn't really happen. Brett Goldstein calls me Brian all yeah, the I time. Find that weird. No, no, no one calls me. No one's coming up to you in the exit of Asda. No, no, it's Dave. Really, hey, Dave. <laughs> hey, um, Dave. What, what's your, what is your view on Dave versus David? I think we spoke about it once, and I think you had a real definite. I'm David. Dave. Yeah, I'm a, I'm the David. Yeah, oh, but boy. but I think I had that conversation really early, and it's stuck in my head. Oh, he's David. So when the an old Dave gets thrown in. I'm really mm. tense. My dad's a David, definitely not a Dave. Yeah. I don't know what a Dave is, but I feel like a David. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll stick with it then. Let's not change everything. Let's Thanks. Let's chop it all I up on know. this. I, I think you've got different. your identity at nearly 50. What are you going to do for your 50th? Wow. It's all sort of crumbled. My 50th, we had big, big plans, but we can't do it. It's boring, but due to school and whatnot. So we had big plans and now I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. What were you going to do? Taking a show. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Go up west. Taking Go a up show. Up west is one of my favourite sayings. My mum's yeah. It's not used enough, I don't think. We go no, I've never taken in a show. I'd like to take in a show, please. My mum says taking a show, but it's literally, fuck, that's mad. Me and your dad took in a show. We were going to have a meal, but he just wanted to get back. Yeah, I just want to I fancy a little bit of Wicked. <laughs> my dad really goes along with those but i'm sure he's not into them i like the fact that i think people say it maybe because it sounds like more of an active thing i took in a show instead of what you're actually doing i'm doing two gigs tonight it's valentine's day we're recording this um and i'm doing two gigs tonight and i always think the audiences on valentine's night are the worst audiences you'll ever get because they're couples first of yeah. all so a room full of couples and their couples who are getting on in such a way that they want yes. to spend that night in the dark, not talking. So you've oh, got yeah. dysfunctional couples, I think, oh. on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's do, all you've got. Do people date? Or people don't, like early early daters don't go out. I'll just, sorry. Change to stand up? No, no, to, on, on Valentine's night, because you don't put that pressure. You know, like if you're dating, if you're early dating, you don't go out on the, is that something I made up? I think you might have made that up. Oh, I think don't think go, I think I, I would. It's just, hey, do you like, do you like Joe Wilkinson? Yeah, I think. He's no, no, no. I mean, go out generally oh. on a date on on Valentine's night. Oh, is it Valentine? Yeah, it's Valentine. Um, but yeah, you you know what I mean? Like, go oh, because that's like putting saying we're we're, but like, you know when you're not. 
It's like the young people say we're official. That'd be making it official, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is that yeah. a thing or have I made that up? You I might just have made that... it up. Although I do know my oh. daughter's 23 and I do know she'll date someone for about a year and they'll have visited, they'll have stayed here for Christmas and then she'll go, oh, me and whoever, we're official. And I'm like, what? And that means they're going out together. And I think, but you've, he stayed in this house like four times and you've been seeing What does it year. take to be official? I'm, I don't I'm know. just wondering if I'm official with Petri. You yet. might not be. How many years? 17. <laughs> and help him bring up a stepkid. No, not official. Well, I hope I hope she's taking me just seriously. Passing I've, through. I've personally invested heavily <laughs> emotionally and everything. I'm so honestly, if she if she's not official, I'm crushed. What a time to find out you're not official. And it's Valentine's Day. Sorry, it's a terrible no, she day. She's, she wouldn't tell me today. She'd wait for tomorrow. She would wait for tomorrow. I did um I did hear today your Valentine's We Love Our Wives song, um, to which mm. we will put a link on your Chatterbix episode. Mm. I actually Thank found you. it quite touching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You've suddenly got really good at taking compliments last couple of days. <laughs> he doled them out and now he's taking them. <laughs> Thank you very much. David suddenly realised he deserves a few compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you and well deserved. <laughs> what did you like about it? Because we wanted it to be sweet and real. It was really sweet. I just really liked the fact. Also, I did like the fact, I think maybe thinking about like real life and my experience as a woman obviously a bit older than you as we've established but at that time in life and those little things that just go on and like you're on air being shambolic sometimes in no no offense um but you know you're not you're not mm. and it's and then you're like yeah but someone's taking the kids to school and sorting out the mm. Sainsbury's shop and mm. do, and I thought it was really I thought yeah. it was really sweet and going to get the fish from the yeah yeah mm. I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we pulled a blinder. I, I thought know. it sounded. I don't know who that guy in front of me is right now. <laughs> I thought it sounded very sweet and loving, and I'm also in awe of anybody who's managed to have long-term relationships because um, right. I'm I've I was with my kid's dad a long time, but beyond since then, not not so much. Sort of two three-year mm. relationships. So then I think it's actually a very sweet thing when you hear anybody talking about anything like that. Yeah, it's give and take. <laughs> I do you know. think that will get us up the charts <laughs> yeah. i think it should i did think that um i did notice she'd just been on the school run though when you when you presented her so you'd been fucking around recording a song while she'd been fucking around or owning the owning the dosh <laughs> yeah. and she, or she being creative in a yeah. kooky way yeah <laughs> fucking around yeah and she had covid yeah, COVID yeah, on the school run while you were quirky but, and charming. So she, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you might have hit a bit of Achilles heel there. Oh, really? We had a big discussion off of going, oh, what are we doing? Did you? <laughs> oh, well, we, we cut loads out. Yeah, this is a behind the scenes bit. We Do cut you? loads out because Joe and I we... completely lost confidence yeah. in buying flowers for our wife on the podcast. When really yeah. we should be shutting the podcast down, <laughs> buying flowers for our wife. Yeah. yeah. And it not felt... doing it to get up the charts, basically. Well, we don't. So I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I must say, stop going. But I we said, well, yeah, we months. really, we did about yeah. half an hour where we unraveled and we thought we could. Oh, no, it was longer than that. 40 minutes of going. And then we were going like this. Okay, let's think about this. Think about it properly. No, if I say now, we put this at the start and explain that we realize what, that this is a bad idea. So they'll know that we know that this is a bad idea. We had that for about 40 minutes. And then we just, because we just wanted it to be a, like a nice thing we did as an episode and we completely unraveled it, mm. but then didn't put that bit out because it was just. Well, I did like it. And oh, good. I, we wanted it to be sweet. Yeah. Speaking for the for the female, all the female listeners, because I am the spokesperson for every one of them. We all feel yeah. the same. Oh, and um, yeah, yeah, no, I liked it. I thought it was very, yeah, I thought it was sweet. Oh. And I liked the sort of rambling, shambling, when to get Naomi into the room and, you know, yeah. her having to be nice because you were still on air. But actually, <laughs> I know, I know, yes. I know. Oh. I can hear leather squeaking. I think it's me. Is it? Can anyone hear leather squeaking? I can't squeaking? hear it. No, okay, no, so. no. But I'm glad we mentioned right. it. Um, I've, I've forced <laughs> up the end of that bit again. <laughs> That's all right. What is wrong with me? Just don't mention it. <laughs> Fucking hell. Sorry. No, I'm swearing. Sorry. 
I'm slightly worried my dog's about to be sick because he's not very well. My lovely dog. I use my dog. I'll use anything to get um get my social media up. I'm always talking about my son. Can you autism. predict when you're gonna your dog's gonna be sick? No, but I just feel like he's not very well, and and he was sick earlier. That was a clue. Oh right, I thought he had like his shoulders would go or something. And... No, I can't even see him right now. But anyway, <laughs> I just. <laughs> Yeah, no, you can. Yeah, well, you can see when that happens. Then obviously mm. that is that's yeah, what's yeah, about no. to happen. Anyway, yeah. I was just going to say I was thinking that, but I haven't said it. But I was just thinking it, but now right. I said it. Oh yeah, so you, you were professional. <laughs> I was professional. Yeah. But, but, okay, but but if you could just hear squeaking for a minute, then you're not going to be present. No, and I would say something yeah. definitely. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, so, I would say something. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Just you didn't do anything wrong at all. Okay, cool. <laughs> I can hear oh, it. I can again. hear it there. That demand. What is that? That, that was don't know. <laughs> Who is that? Like someone's rubbing a rubber ball against. I can't the mic. hear it. Is this good podding? Strong. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It works for you guys on sorry, the chat a bit. Don't be losing me. Fucking listen. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Ali. Sorry. <laughs> don't be sorry. Oh, it's mental. It's so mental. Sorry. It's so loud in my ear. Is squeaking. it? Sorry. Are you hearing it, David? Uh, hardly. Like, not enough to spend 10 minutes on it, to be honest. No. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I, honestly, it's just, I, I. it's louder than when you speak sometimes. Still talking about it. <laughs> Namaste, motherfuckers. Even though this is gold, but I'm going to cut into um, what, you, what you would pick as your namaste motherfucking life-changing moments. You're very welcome to have one each. In fact, it'd be good if you did. And if you had a joint one, you'd be welcome to have that as well. But we could start with one each. Um, David, the floor is yours. This is anything in life. Well, this would be when I met my wife, really. You're it's very boring. You're on Valentine's Day, aren't you? I know, but it's very <laughs> boring. I mean, it's not boring, but... Oh, no, my she, God. I hope she doesn't listen back to this. Oh. When I met Naomi... <laughs> I don't want to go any further. Anymore? But career-wise, it was when I made <laughs> sit back when I made that uh, short <laughs> movie. That career-wise, that. But when I met Naomi, how did you meet Naomi? Yeah, let's keep this private. <laughs> Even though you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Joe, how, how did David meet Naomi? <laughs> Honestly, I've got uh, an amazing story, but I'm just uh, I'm a private dude. I well, all I know is Naomi used to work at gigs, so I'm assuming it was something to do with that. Assume away, assume away. Rightly or wrongly, I assumed that. No, it'll be meeting Naomi. Yeah, (laughs) look at you. You're (laughs) gutted. You invited us on, aren't you? (laughs) This is long as well. It's a long old episode, isn't it? Can I ask a quick question? Let's let's cut to our favourite jokes. <laughs> Can I ask a quick question? As you're doing it, do you Ed, do you think that keep that lose that? We keep interested. most things in, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think it's we're having, you having said you've cut about half an hour about whether to do the flowers. Um, we tend to like keep most stuff in because I always feel like a bit of a. I feel like if I'm cutting stuff out, trying to make yeah. yourself look better. If I'm cutting stuff out, it'd probably be to make myself look better. And then I'm like, what a wanker! Like a podcast. That's not a TV right. show. Yeah, no, is it? It's a podcast. We keep what? most stuff in. It's- we had a complete meltdown and it was unbearable. That was what I'm really enjoying at the moment is how awkward Joe's sitting position is. So he's not, <laughs> so he's not so squeaking. Not like that. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I, I think thought he needed is, the toilets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm really, because it, honestly, it's so distracting, the squeaking noise. I'm trying not to move. Because, all right, we weren't going to talk about it. My chair is so old and wobbly. I don't know what bit it is. So I'm just not moving. Which Your is trying wallpaper to be behind you looks quite 1970s. Yeah, is it, that, that, is that it I bought replica that. 1970s. No, it's real 1970s. I bought it years ago, and um, when we like, I Petra wouldn't let it rightly so have it in the house normal, but when but now I have an office, so I put it up in here. And is the chair from the similar era? No, it's just um, about 10 years old and mm. squishy. Mm. Well, What's your that, moment, Joe? Yeah, that's hopefully that your moment's nothing to do with the chair, please, yeah. God. Somewhat, you must be able to hear that. Yeah. Let's just. <laughs> so, um, what's my moment? Um, Mine is asking gonna... you your moments. My moments. <laughs> what's my. 
when I met Naomi, no, when um, <laughs> I was going to say, but mine sounds like it, like I don't give a crap about Petra. I was going to say I started um, being healthy, a lot healthier about five years ago, and uh, it really helped me with like uh, how I was. I was just happier because I was I was uh, looking after myself, and uh, it changed everything the way I feel just day to day. So to boring no it's nice we've had love oh. and healthiness it's just it's, it's, it's i'm loving it and that's why you like the podcast <laughs> if you want to slide over to chatterix at this point there is nothing like that to the whole of the 380 years. yeah that's true actually i've never heard you both be so earnest ever yeah yeah <laughs> Why yeah. are we doing it on your pod? <laughs> exactly. That's frustrating. Why oh, can't we amazing. open up on ours? Yeah. You're a positive yeah. present. But, yeah. um, but I wanted to give a serious answer rather than a silly answer. You've run a marathon as well. You've run the Brighton Marathon. Yeah, I'm never doing that again. I've run the half marathon in Brighton quite a few times. Have you? But the whole marathon, I've heard, is twice as long. Oh, if, if not more. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's dreadful for me. I didn't enjoy it. But... Um, but no, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered about running the marathon or anything like that. That wasn't for me. But just generally, staying healthy has, because I I won't say who, but if someone I know has started getting healthy, and you can see the mental side coming to fruition now. Because they've gone too far. No, no, no. They're they're, they're getting healthy, and you oh, can I want you to how... say they've become an absolute fitness bore, and it's they're buff. They're super buff. <laughs> But it's just nice watching people kind of watching someone turn their life around a bit. I ran my first marathon at 45, same year I did, did my you? first stand up. I think that's the year I did it. Big year. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard though, isn't it? I think anyone who says it's not hard's talking shit, aren't they? Because it is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I, I realized though, like at the end of it, I was in worse condition. That's why I don't want to run it again. Marathon's actually bad for you. Like it's too yeah. far. Um, yeah, yeah. It's too far. That's, it's too far. I was saying to Tom, who uh, who's on the, who who came on our podcast, he's a runner guy. I said, if you, it, uh, I, you know, the wall hitting the wall thing, which is like I didn't know what that was. So it's basically your body runs out of energy, doesn't it? It hasn't got anything to burn. And I still had eight miles to run. And I just imagined trying to leave the house in that condition and telling Petra I'm going for an eight mile run. She'd go, what, what do you mean? You can't, you can hardly walk. You're, you're nearly crying and you're getting cramped all the time. You're not going for an eight mile run. But when you're in the middle of a route and you think, well, I'll keep going. Otherwise it's embarrassing to stop. I am, I can, I will, <laughs> I do. I shut. <laughs> <laughs> David, I had that on record all the way through the, that last eight miles, David. <laughs> Me telling you that. I, <laughs> I just, I can. I will. I do. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. <laughs> I awful. literally started crying at about that time. My kids had done me a playlist and I didn't know what was on it. And I decided I wouldn't put it on until I was really quite. Oh, until you needed it. Oh, that's yeah. nice. So I waited. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it was about mile 18. And then I put it on and I didn't know. And everything, I just started crying. Like every oh. song. It was so, it yeah. was lovely. And um, yeah. Were they all and, sort of meaningful songs. Well, you? it was just things like, like my son at the time was into things like Avicii. And, you know, my daughter was into whatever she was into. They both still lived at home. And it was just like all stuff I heard that's them nice. and their mates playing in the kitchen. Brilliant. And they, and the things like Heroes, David Bowie, like stuff they thought would be nice for me as well like some stuff mm. like, what a sweet thing yeah. to do and um yeah don't stop yeah don't stop me now things like that but so, so st- combination between things they thought would g me up but also things they loved and it was really sweet yeah so i just cried a lot god yeah. this, I, I know it's a lovely thing too but on top of feeling like shit you start crying as well bloody hell and, like, and then they were all there at mile 24 or whatever it oh. was and yeah the best thing was that my kids have got a little brother who is not not mine but is theirs so that their dad's mm. girlfriend had an, another child so there's a 16 year age gap between my son and his brother so he was a baby at the time I ran that and they all came to watch you know the whole family and um, afterwards I was holding the baby who was about six months old and he had a little baby grow and it said go Callie on it and I was holding him and and people were like that is so amazing that you have run that marathon and you've got that 
six month old. Yes, thank you. Look at me. And all these women who had six month old babies feeling so inadequate because I just run a marathon. So so it was worth it just to really give a lot of women postnatal depression for me. So yeah, that was um, that was mine. Um, Have you got a joint moment? Like, was there something that you two as a as a a unit? Change that last forever. That morning when we (laughs) first lit Rick. No, it was. Let me be serious for a second. Yes. It was, uh, no, was I reckon it? it was Rovers when we sent our script, first thing we wrote. Rovers, we, yeah. That... We sent it to Craig Cash, who was, so Joe and I got together out of a sort of, um, hmm. what's the word? A joint Necessity. love of, um, <laughs> a joint <laughs> love work. of like the royal family in um, early, doors. early doors. So we thought, oh, let's try and write a sitcom in that kind of, so we wrote a script and then we sent it to Craig Cash, who wrote Royal Family with Caroline, and uh, he got back, didn't he? Mm. Um, I remember I was when he wanted you told to meet. Me. He loved it. He got back. He wanted to meet us, and we were just. I thought that was a huge moment. I think. Yeah. Oh, I met. Well, I remember you phoning me and telling me that Craig liked the script because um, you phoned me and I was driving. Because I used to, uh, we used to drive out, like, David used to live in Sussex, so in Brighton, I used to, before Zoom, it's so mental, we used to do it in each other's houses, drive over, and I was driving back, and you phoned me, and I sort of pulled over in a little, like a green, because I drove past it last year, and I went, oh, that's where I found that, Craig, and uh, <laughs> and David said, Craig, Christ likes it, and I remember, <laughs> I was really over the top, I was like, I was going, do you know what, if, if, if nothing ever comes of it, that's enough, that's enough, Yeah, I was really overdramatic about it. Yeah. But that was like a big old, big old oh, moment huge. for us. I think. Well, it's massive as well. But it's the first thing you wrote together. It was the first sitcom you'd written, right? So it's pretty. It yeah. is unusual yeah. that you write something and it oh. immediately gets that reception. Oh, and he's like, he's like a hero of ours. It's like, yeah, hell, yeah. I'd yeah. pull over on a village green and go. If I die now, my work is done. Yeah. Oh, that moment. But then, you do feel sort of lighter afterwards. You go. Oh. Well, it also makes you realise you're not sort of pissing in the dark. You know, yeah. sometimes we do wonder, don't we, no matter what we yeah. do think, what are we doing? Does yeah. anyone give a shit? And are we just, yeah. is it just us that think this is funny? And then when someone goes, no, it's good. That's yeah. pretty much as, oh, yeah. that's our crack cocaine, or at least our catnip. Yeah. That stamp of approval was unbelievable. We also, Nate, we've got a little production company, which we do the podcast with, which we called, um, this is how much a fan of him we are, we call Big Oval Plate, which is a, which is one of the characters that says in a, in early doors, he talks about oh, um, uh, Mark link. Benton. Mark Benton's character, who we also love, and ha- was meant to be in Rovers. But anyway, um, and Petra is a part of that production. Like Petra is part of the kind of podcast thing. Yeah, yeah. She she produces. Uh, so you are official, podcast. Joe. It's okay. God, I hope so. Seriously, because <laughs> well, you're got, in we, there. She's one twisted lady. You've got, biz- you know. you've got business assets. <laughs> she's together. one twisted lady. <laughs> <laughs> what a prank this is going to be yeah like a yeah. 17 year prank and i'm saying women don't like doing pranks and petra's like oh yeah we fucking i'll show you a prank callie <laughs> i've pretended yeah. to love this guy yeah <laughs> even let him put his wallpaper up that was yeah. a funny day I'm sure some people do think it's a prank <laughs> <laughs> and favorite jokes oh it's so hard david do you have a favorite joke? I've got one that I really like. It's a bit rude. It's oh. a Neil Hamburger's joke. Um, what do you get if you cross Elton John with a saber-toothed tiger? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but you want to keep it away from your ass. <laughs> <laughs> ah. oh, he tells God. it better, and he's a bad comedian, so it's all context. Um I I was that um, Joe. <laughs> well I'm I'm just gonna go with um Tim Vine jokes in general because I went to see um Chim Chimney. Uh, Tim Timoney. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh I genuinely watched for like it's like an hour and just like jokes. And I was like, Well, what what else do you want? Just like, hundreds of stupid jokes and him enjoying it. And so like it's just so much the one that doesn't work. Which I always sticks which in my I'm head. I'm going to say now. <laughs> well, no, because it's a visual it one. But when he he holds up the sign, which is like B N A G, and he just yeah. says, "Well, that's bang out of order." 
and uh, it just really makes me laugh every and and then he just sort of dances off, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, any of Tim Vine's jokes. I think anyone who can do one liner comedy because there's nowhere to hide, is there? You can't like no. talk about. I'll I'll tell a long story before you get a gag, <laughs> and it's like, I wouldn't want the. Well, pressure. that for me is way more frightening than well, doing it, little short the, gags. The way Tim talks about his shows and stuff, really, I really love as well because he's sort of he's not. One of my bugbears about talking about comedy is sometimes when people try and make it sound really complicated, you know, like 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 it's a really sort of I don't know. He just basically says, "I'll do about ten jokes, bit of a song, <laughs> do ten more, something else, <laughs> ten more." So that's a bit not he's not, but you know that kind of vibe he sort of says, and it's just a joyful, silly hour basically. And I just I don't know how you can laugh more really. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for those. And they're both actual. Sometimes people don't um, won't tell a joke. That's always a bit tricky. Uh, oh. Just put, dig their oh, heels really? in. Well, it's not their joke, though, is it? No, people. some people get funny about telling jokes. Um, Do they? People don't like jokes. Oh. What, don't like jokes? What can well, we... don't like, yeah, some people are like, I don't like jokes. I find jokes pressure. Who did I have on recently? And they said they find such pressure when someone tells them a joke. I think we oh. do all feel that. I sometimes feel it when I ask the question and someone starts to tell the joke. And if I'm thinking, oh, how oh am I did you react feel to that this? with mine? Massive. No, you're, yours had a lovely yeah. little setup. Well, you it's knew as soon as you got joke, Elton mine. John yeah, out and a saber tooth tiger, it was going to land well. Keep it away from your ass. <laughs> yeah, saying ass think... as well is funny. Incredible image. Ass. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> Keep it away from your ass. And it was also good that Joe brought a visual one to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I don't bring anything, do I? <laughs> it's, it's perfect. And if you could give them, if you could each give one bit of life advice to anybody listening, Joe's oh. head in hands. Do not feel qualified, if I'm honest. Life advice. Um, get on the property ladder. No, I can't say that. It's terrible. <laughs> New chair. Uh, buy yeah. a bike and go uh, to work. Get on your bike and go to work. Yeah, go to work. Keep your head down. Get on with it. That's Norman Tebbit. <laughs> David's impressions are so good. <laughs> <laughs> that was Norman Tebbit. That was Ronnie Wilbur. You have to stay at the end of it. For the kids. <laughs> uh, What's your life advice for? Um, no one knows what they're doing. That is true. So, yeah, uh, I wish I'd known that earlier. I thought everyone knew what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. I or can I say do a serious one? Like, because I try and in, I try and say it to younger people, but I feel like I didn't give myself any value until I was too old to like. If you're like twenty three, I was thought I was completely unvaluable. So like. I was really grateful for a job, too grateful, thought I was replaceable within a second. And then I got into my 40s, maybe late 40s. I was like, no, you have some, you have value. So you're not replaceable within a second. Um, and uh, that that's that. Bit of advice. <laughs> That was Joe Wilkinson and David Earle. We've put links to Chatterbix and all the other good stuff we talked about in the show notes. And that is it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please do remember to rate, review and also hit subscribe and share with your friends. And we will be back in your feed next Thursday, as always, when I will be talking to Omid Jalili. So I actually start realising that the role of a comedian in society is actually to, is to help people's sanity. Namaste Motherfuckers was written and presented by me, Callie Beaton, and produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions with music by Jake Yap. I'm Callie Beaton. Until next time, motherfuckers. Namaste Motherfuckers! Pod People.